Hi, I'm Andy Kindler, and you're listening to PX Tape Recorder. Are you enjoying it? I certainly hope so. I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Dave. Wait. Well, like the first month, me and my roommate, uh, this guy Nick Burrow, we were we were making videos. Door, we called them door guy videos because he's also a door guy at the comedy store, and we we would put on our workout fits every day and make these videos to like try to keep our door guy skills fresh. So as you know, I've been trying to uh, get some guests on the podcast, and it's been a little bit difficult because there haven't been any comedy shows, so it's hard to find people promoting stuff, uh, even though people do have plenty of time to talk, as it turns out. And uh, we tracked down Dave because I saw him on a rerun of Nikki Glaser's Very Fine Not Safe on Comedy Central. I saw the rerun on Pluto TV, but you can probably catch that on the Comedy Central app, I would assume, as well as the Comedy Central website. Recommended, by the way. It's a very fine show. And Dave uh, was in a bit on the show where she set him up with some uh, with some dates and then uh, he was in front of a focus group and they watched the date and then they kind of critiqued what he did on the date. It's very funny stuff. And uh, Dave is from Cincinnati, of course, uh, where this podcast emanates from. Actually, he's from across the river in uh, Covington, specifically Latonia. And I can never figure out if Latonia is part of Covington or if it's a separate, but they're right next to each other. Anyway, so Dave's from the Cincinnati area, so I've known him for years and years. And uh, we catch up with uh, him in Los Angeles, where he's lived for a couple of years, and find out what he's been doing during this here pandemic and what's, what was going on before then. And then we're going to have, let me see, a song of the week from Howard Jones. Uh, the song is a couple of years old, but there's a reason. Well, I can tell you the reason I chose it now because it's going to lead into the dumb bit. Uh, I'm going to replay a dumb bit from a couple of months ago that is, uh, is an evergreen bit because it doesn't tie to any current event. But it's just about a, uh, a documentary that I happen to like a lot uh, from BBC4, I think it was. It's called Synth Britannia. And, uh, well, the, the dumb bit uh, involves Howard Jones. And then, of course, we'll hear the song of the week from Howard Jones uh, at the end of the show. So here's the dumb bit, and that'll be followed by our interview with Dave Waite. So it's a combination uh, dumb bit concert review, and they, the two things go together. Uh, this past Wednesday, I went and saw uh, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, which is, if you listen to the podcast before uh, and have any sense of the of PF and PFC recording, you know that OMD are uh, one of my two favorite bands, along with the Beach Boys. And so they have not uh, headlined in Cincinnati, I don't think, since the 80s. Uh, they were here once, opening for Bare Naked Ladies a couple of years ago. And other than that, they hadn't been here since they were here with Depeche Mode, again, as an opener. So I- I'm going to the show, thinking that no one is going to be here. And uh, Bogarts is your garden variety-sized uh, concert venue, I would say. You probably have one like it in your city, wherever you are. And I think it holds maybe 50. 1500 maybe 2000 if they open up the upstairs i'm not sure but it the it doesn't really give you a sense of it but uh, you know just picture a, like a garden variety movie theater side that's about the, what the side the floor space is maybe a little bigger they filled about three-fourths of the floor which i was pretty amazed by because again i think i'm the only idiot that knows who they are because if you know omd and you live in the united states or canada particularly you know them as the guys that sing if you leave from the pretty pink soundtrack which, which went to number four in 1986 and that's pretty much the end of it and then you may know some other songs uh, maybe from MTV or from, you know, New Wave Radio back in the 80s. But that's essentially probably all you know is if you leave. 
So I think everybody is, is like that, and I have to, that's why I have to tell people who they are. So, oh, it's the If You Leave guys. Oh, okay. They've got more songs than that? Yes, they do. So anyway, uh, they're headlining, they, uh, and it was just, it was fantastic. And, and I know um, you say, well, they're your favorite band. Of course it was fantastic. No, if, if it was rubbish, I would, I would tell you. Uh, they, it was, it, it, well, let me put it to you this way. Again, I thought I was the only weirdo that was going to show up for this thing. I have never seen such an enthusiastic crowd for a band in all my life. And believe me, again, I thought I was the only weirdo. Apparently I was not. Uh, they actually, and maybe I'm just imagining things. Maybe I am colored because it's, you know, that's my favorite band. But it seemed they had to take an extra long time between songs uh, to start songs, just because the crowd was cheering and whooping it up so much, and at several times, the, the core members, Andy McCluskey and Paul Humphreys, uh, would look at each other and astonished, like, people are really cheering this loud for us? And when they left after the first set, before they came back out for the encore, the crowd was yelling, OMD, OMD. And I know a lot of bands get that, but again, it just surprised me that they were getting that kind of adulation, and, and rightly so. And an another thing I've also pointed out in the past is, I guess one of the reasons they've stayed... Uh, my favorite band or second favorite band is that they continue to make records and they continue to make good records. They had a record out two years ago called The Punishment of Luxury, which is really good. I think it, you know, it holds up well with the rest of their catalog where, you know, some bands either just stop making music altogether and tour on their catalog. Billy Joel, Huey Lewis, you know, not mad at them, but fine. That's, you know, they people were still happy to pay to see that and that's cool. And other groups, I won't name names, but some groups from that era, they still made albums, but, you know, they're just, eh, you know, they're just not as good. So anyway, there's the review for OMD. Um, I said I wasn't going to go see them. Uh, they're up in Dayton. I'm recording this on Saturday, September 7th. They're up in Dayton, September 8th. Uh, they are going to feature for the B-52s. They're the middle act. Uh, Berlin is the opener opener. And I thought, well, I'm, I saw them headline in Cincinnati. I don't no need to go up to Dayton. I'll be going to Dayton tomorrow to see B-52s and OMD. So maybe I'll brief for you of that next week. All right, so... The, uh, the bit that goes along with this is uh, I noticed in my Facebook feed that a lot of folk, you know, I'm in the uh, OMD group, the Human League group, Synth Pop, all these different groups on Facebook. And it's not all that I like, but I, I'm very uh, passionate about uh, my Synth Pop. And uh, so someone, I think it was in the, o oh, uh, in the OMD group and the Human League group, both said, hey, they're repeating Synth Britannia on Channel 4 tonight. It's over in Britain. And you can watch this on YouTube, Synth Britannia. It's from about seven years ago. It's like the name suggests. It's a documentary about Synth Pop uh, in Britain from the very start in the early 70s. They influenced a craft work coming over from Germany, working its way up through the mid to late 80s. And I, this is one of my favorite documentaries ever about anything. But I do have one beef, and I posted about this in some of the conversations online. I think I'll share it with you folks. And if you don't want to hear about it, just skip ahead to David Huntsberger. I don't care. Anyway, there's a spot in the documentary. They're going pretty much chronologically through all the bands. They get up to Pet Shop Boys. And love, love, love the Pet Shop Boys, man. Remember, I, in fact, I was on a couple of weeks ago how astonished I was that they were on stage with Killers uh, doing a human. And they did uh, Always On My Mind, which is probably the greatest live thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, either live or just a video of it. Uh, insane. I wish I could have been at Glastonbury to see that. But anyway, so, the, and this isn't Pet Shop Boys' fault, by the way, but the producers of Synth Britannia, uh, you know, are extolling Pet Shop Boys, you know, saying, well, here, here's a clip of the of the Pet Shop Boys, but starting with how Neil Tennant views the, their place in the whole synth pop movement. As we were the last of the thing that started with the Human League, and we were probably the first of the thing where pop music was related to dance music. And then there's this little uh, explanation of, you know, the trajectory of electronic music at that point. The Pet Shop Boys gave us a glimpse of what the future held for British electronic music. 
And then there's a guy that's commenting through the whole documentary. His name is Simon Reynolds. He was a, a, a I guess he still is a, a journalist, music journalist over in Britain. I used to read his stuff in Melody Maker back in the day. And and he launches off with this. It sort of starts, I, I guess, round about 83. It was just overdone. It was saturated. There was too much synth pop around. It's all very well it was being on the synth, but it, actually the actual m m melodies and the way the songs were structured were really pretty traditional and quite trite, you know. It wasn't that inventive as electronic music. Okay, so you're hearing uh, Howard Jones there and Thompson Twins, and that's, yes, that's 1983. Pet Shop Boys didn't release their first uh, single, I think, until late 1985 in the UK and then early 1986 in the United States, uh, West End Girls. And I'm sorry, you can't praise Pet Shop Boys and say how great they are, and they are, and then go back and take a poke at Howard Jones and Tom Bailey of Thompson Twins. Get out of here. What are you, nuts? And, and this this notion that, oh, it wasn't inventive, was it? You know the bass sound you hear, the electronic bass sound you hear in, like, all electronic music and all synth music from, like, mid-80s? Uh, you know who discovered that sound? Mr. Tom Bailey, thank you very much. He took, his instrument's called a clavinet, and on the synthesizer, he found a little button for it, and he discovered if you play it down really low on the keyboard, it sounds exactly like a bass, but the thing is, you can make it ridiculously loud, and it won't get lost in the mix. It won't get crushed by all the other stuff going on top of it. And then people started looking for that sound, and of course it morphed into, you know, with the electronic bass sound that you know today. But um, yeah, not inventive. Yeah, F you, Simon Reynolds. All right. <laughs> so anyway, that's my uh, rant on that. That is the dumb bit for today. And uh, hey, let's go on to the interview.
Yeah. 